and welcome to the Game Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Vecini. We are presented by The Athletic. Today on the show, Andrew Schlecht is in the building. We're actually in a building today, as you we can are. see if you're watching live. Oh, it's been such a joy to be in the same <laughs> building as you. <laughs> it's been fun. We've recorded a couple podcasts for The Athletic NBA show. Or I think we're going up on Tuesday, right? Yep. With The Athletic NBA show. Yep. If you want to hear Andrew and I's thoughts on rookies, you're going to be able to hear it there. Today, though, on this show, we're going to do sophomores, maybe some third-year guys that have impressed, maybe not impressed in yep. some cases, sure. and just kind of dive into what we've seen from Summer League so far, from some of the guys that have been around the block at this point. And I guess that where I want to start, if we have to start anywhere, mm-hmm. is with the Houston Rockets, because I think that Ooh. where the Rockets have been most impressive at this point is with their older guys like Jabari Smith, like Tari Eason. Amen Thompson was great in the part of the first game that he played. He had 16 and 5 or whatever he had. Mm -hmm. But I thought that what we saw from Jabari Smith from the second half of his first game onward was absolutely outstanding. Yeah, I was a little concerned watching him in the first half of his first game and thought, oh, no. And then he just just piled on points and rebounds and like got to the free throw line a ton and like showcased some dribble moves that I didn't think we saw last year. Yep. And they, he looked like a new man and he looked like he was on a mission and he was there from the second half on. He hit that game winner. That was just absolutely electric. Yeah. And then in the second game (laughs) against Detroit, (laughs) he just, uh, he, he may have committed a crime. Yeah, I. Uh, so the first game was great. Like he had the awesome, incredible uh, finish to that, where he made the what was it, probably thirty footer yeah. to win the game for the Houston Rockets. Yeah. The second game was so much more impressive. Oh my god! Like truly, thirty-eight, seven, and six. He, from the moment that game started, had zero respect for James Wiseman as a defensive player. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Just like truly, and it got to the point where. Uh, he made a ridiculous, like, step-back jumper on James Wiseman, yep. I think in, like, the third quarter. And it was after they were underneath the basket a little bit. I don't know if people on TV could see this because the ball was on the other side of the court. Uh-huh. But, like, they were kind of shoving a little bit. They were kind of, like, getting into it, kind of. And it was clear Jabari was the one that was, like, instigating it. Like, he was talking shit yeah. at a real degree. <laughs> and then... The ball comes back down. Wiseman tries to get it. He, like, kind of misses a like, little bunny at the basket. And Jabari gets it. And Jabari comes down. He makes that shot. And he comes down. He looks at Cade Cunningham on the sidelines yeah. and go, this dude can't guard me at all. <laughs> Straight up. Just looked at Cade Cunningham and goes, this dude can't guard me. And he gave, like, this. And it was just like, oh, my God. This dude needs to stop playing summer league because yeah. somebody is going to hurt him because he is – Killing yep. dudes out here. Yep. That, um, that might be the last time we see Jabari Smith here in Vegas, and probably should be the I last so. time that we see him. He he looks great. Yeah. Uh, he, Tari, too. Tari, oh, my goodness. Uh, Tari Eason, it was funny. I was sitting with uh, uh, a friend of the program that may be involved in the gambling space. Sure. Uh, and was talking about Tari Eason while we were watching the first Rockets game, and I go, I think I would bet on him to win Summer League MVP right now. Yeah. If I could. Like, uh, everything we've seen from him, he averaged 19, or he averaged 23 points, nine and a half rebounds, four assists, three blocks, and a steal in his first two games of Vegas Summer League. It, it was ridiculous. But the more impressive thing for me is not the numbers, 
it's the confidence with which he's shooting catch and shoot threes yeah. right now. It looks good when it's coming out of his hand every single time. If he's going to knock down catch and shoot threes at that level, he's better than Dylan Brooks. Like I truly oh. think that that's true. Yeah. Well, what I've seen is that he had, and he's always had this, is just like this energy that is just going to shoot out of him yep. in some way. And he's starting to harness that. And you could see it in his drives. You can see it in his some of his decision-making, which was, was like a huge question. And like the reason that he fell to where he did in the draft. Yep. But you can see him starting to gain control of that a little bit and figure out exactly what he wants to do. Yep. And since he's done that and he's held and he keeps all the same energy, like the same energy totally. is just like more than anybody else 100%. is going to punch out there. And he's I mean, he's doing it. I I would be so pissed about Dylan Brooks and then the idea <laughs> that he's actually getting more money than we thought just because of this guy. Like this guy can contribute. I think that he can do more than contribute. I think he like is just better than Dylan Brooks. Yeah, like, truly. I think he is like Dylan Brooks is great. Like he was an all defense guy last year and he will come in and he will make life very difficult for opposing teams defensively, sure. particularly on opposing guards and like smaller forwards. But I mean, I Tari is six foot eight. He has seven foot two wingspan. Yeah. He has enormous hands. Like some of his biggest highlights so far this year or this summer league run, at least have been, he has had two like gathers driving to the rim where he has used like his enormous hands to just palm the ball off of his own dribble and gather and just like cock the ball all the way back and just slam on dudes. But like the one handed gather of it all is just like, Oh my God. Like yeah. the quickness with which he comes up with it is just insane. Yeah. He's so much fun. Yeah. It, the Rockets have put together a very interesting young team. Especially yep. when you add him in Thompson to that, when you add Cam Whitmore to that, yep. when you add Jalen Green and what his improvement could be, like it's a it's a nice young core. It's going to be all about how can you organize them and how can you yep. get them all pulling on the same rope. And if they can do that, like they could be a team that wins thirty plus games next year and shows like the improvement that you want to see. You mean not forty, like our friend at the Athletic, J King, thinks. No, no, that's absurd. That's a that's such a crazy jump. That's just it's unreasonable, is what it is. Yeah, and it's un it's honestly it's unfair to that group too for anyone to even say the words. It's unfair to them. They're still going to be very young. Is part of it. Like they're still <laughs> young guys don't win games. <laughs> yeah, like, that's just like a, an NBA fact. Is yeah. that young guys traditionally don't win games. If they had signed Brooke Lopez, I think I would actually be there because I think that if you had Fred, you had Dylan. You had hopefully Jabari Smith taking a jump defensively in year defense, two. At least, yeah. Yeah, and then you have Brooke Lopez like backing it up along with Tari Eason. Yeah. Forget a shell of a defense. Like I think that could be like a top eight or so, top six defense in the league. Yeah. But without Brooke, you don't have the interior rim protection, and yeah. that's going to be a lot harder yeah. now, I think. Uh, the difference between Brooke and Alper and Shengun defensively is just pretty real. Yeah. So I look at this and – I think that it's a good jump. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to be much better this year. They're going to look a lot more competent mm -hmm. on the court. Yep. And Jabari Smith and Tari Eason are just two enormous reasons why. Yeah. Uh, they have looked absolutely spectacular. The next guy I want to go to is uh, your good friend in Oklahoma City, Chet Holmgren. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Have I enjoyed watching Chet? He looks great. I mean, physically, I think that was the thing that people are watching for most is how does he – function on the court physically how does how is he trusting that foot yep and he looks like he didn't break it 
Yeah. I mean, he looks really good. He looks really confident. I mean, he's blocking shots with both hands. <laughs> you know, Thunder fans have started to send out, like, the praise hands. Like, yeah. That's, like, that's a symbol for Chet now because he <laughs> likes to block <laughs> shots with both hands. Um, his timing is ridiculous. He's got patience in the post with his footwork as well. Yeah. Where he's just – I mean, he made Derek Lively look pretty silly a couple plays just because – he knows if he just gives enough fakes that Derek's eventually just going to bite on one of them yep. and he's just going to get a layup. He's going to function so well with the good passers that are on the Thunder, yeah. with Giddy and with Shea and with the other Jalen Williams. They're, they're going to look really good together. And he, he's saying all the right things right now, is I want to do whatever the coach tells me to do. I want to fill in the gaps that I need oh, to. That's who he is. Yeah. Like, he's never going to, like, be – like, look, he wants to be a star. Like, there, there's yeah. a hope there for sure on yeah. his part. But, like, he's a he's a team-first guy. It's who he is. Like, and the other thing about it is, like, you bring up the foot. There is ne- – he wouldn't play, I don't think, if he didn't feel like he could go, like, full bore from the moment. It's just who he is. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yes. there, there's never a moment where he's going to be on the court where he's just like – you know, I'm I'm just gonna kinda like take this one off. Yeah. You know? He's no, just he, competitive. It's it's true. That that is one of the qualities that I think the Thunder liked most about him is his competitive nature. And like that's that's the kind of guys they've been selecting in the draft too. They did that again with yep. Jason Wallace this year. And Chet is gonna be very good. I don't I've heard chatter from lots of different people, um, mostly in media, about Chet being a good odds for rookie of the year. I don't know if I'm there with that just because I don't know if the stats will be there. And it's, I mean, Rookie of the Year is very much a usage rate award where yeah. if you've got the shots, then you can you can win as long as you're reasonably efficient. And that, I mean, Paolo, you get to 20 points, you hit that 20-point mark, you're going to have a really good shot to do it. Chet, I don't know if he'll get there. He'll probably be somewhere between 14 and 17 points per game would yeah. be my guess. And he's going to have probably average two or three blocks a game. He's going to rebound well. And the thing that could push him in that direction, though, is the wins. Yep. If he can contribute to a team that wins 45 games this year, then then maybe he could actually be that. Because he is a rim deterrent. There were times, both in Salt Lake and here, where you would see guys get an offensive rebound under the rim, look to see Chet, and immediately just like, whoop, I'm out of here. Yeah. Yep. You know, that... He is a going to be a threat, and I I like the look of him as the lone big out there, just yeah. because his pick and roll coverage is stupid. Oh, it's insane! His ability to cover ground out there is just ridiculous. Two things, real quick, on what you just said because yeah. I think they're both really interesting. Um, the thing that worries me most with Chet right now is something that actually worries me a little bit with Victor Wembanyama mm-hmm. in terms of. I think that neither of them have really figured out yet how quickly guards can dig onto their handle oh with how tall they are. Thousand percent. Yeah, like it, like Vic has turned it over a few times like that. Chet turned it over in this yep. first game in Vegas yep. uh, a couple of times doing that as well. Mm-hmm. Or had like a couple bobbles that way. Yep. It's just going to take a minute, I think, for them to like truly figure that out yeah. in terms of how low they have to bend. Both of them have the flexibility. Yeah. I think to bend a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It's just that they have to get low on their handle every single time, or else it's going to be a problem. Yep. Uh, the second thing here, so rookie of the year, Victor Wembanyama, according to Bet MGM, 
minus 200 to win Rookie of the Year. Okay. Scoot yeah. Henderson, plus 350. Chet Holmgren, plus 500. Okay. Uh, Brandon Miller, plus 950. Amen Thompson, plus 1,400. Yeah. Cam Whitmore, plus 2,000. Asar Thompson, plus 2,200. Jarris Walker, plus 2,500. Anthony Black, plus 3,000. Uh, Kaysen Wallace, plus 4,000. Okay. I think Chet will have a more impactful rookie year, certainly, than Kaysen. Yeah. Uh, Chet, Chet's defense is going to be very real. He changes the trage- like the geometry of the game yeah. in a substantial way defensively, just with his length and his mobility to cover ground. Yep. Um, I kind of think the guy I like there is Scoot. I do, too, and that's why that's like the usage rate thing I said. Yeah. I mean, he's, I mean if the Dame thing gets done, which we all think it will, yeah. then it's going to be Scoot's team. And he's going to handle everything, and they're going to win 21 games, and he's going to score a ton of points and have a ton of assists, and he's going to look great doing it. Yep. And from the moment that the Dame trade happens, that number will drop. Oh. Immediately. Oh, yes. So I kind of like that, actually, a little bit. I do, too. Um, I do, too. Shout out at MGM. Yeah. Uh, Let's move on and talk about some of these other guys. Those are the two teams that I feel like have stood out most to me in terms of like really needing to talk about them. Do you want to talk at all about Jalen Williams real quick and what we saw uh, in what other summer league? Yeah, league Utah. Did they play in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played in essentially one half of a game. Yeah, and scored twenty points in twenty minutes, <laughs> and looked like he didn't belong. Yeah, I mean he. Had the pull-up going. He was hitting threes. Defensively, he looked good. He looks big. He's huge. He's a, he's an enormous human being. Really big through his chest. He's got the really long arms. Yeah. He's gonna. I mean, he's gonna play the four for the Thunder. Yeah. Like that's gonna happen. And he's and he's obviously doesn't have the height of a normal and, four. And, and then he's also gonna play point guard. And he'll play point guard. And he'll play shooting guard <laughs> and small forward. Um, he he's he's very impressive, and it yeah. made sense. We even made jokes after we saw him in that first half, and they just sat him down like, oh, he's done for summer league forever now. Yeah. And it was true. They were like, we've seen all we need to see, and this guy's going to come in and start for us, and he's going to be impressive. I mean, he, to me, he should be the second leading scorer on the Thunder. Hmm. I think that he just has the game for it. Yeah, it's possible. Depends on how big of a leap Josh takes, but yeah. Josh Josh Giddy will definitely be in that conversation. Yeah. But I just think as like a pure scorer, yep. I think that he should be able to step up and take that spot. Now it's going to be Shea averaging 30 and then it's like going to be the rest of the group. Yep. But J-Dub is he's he's going to turn some heads to yeah. start the season. Once you get home at some point next week, we can't do this right now. Uh, I want to have a conversation with you about what in the world happens with the Thunder roster because they have 21 guys right now, all yeah. of whom can play basketball like at a somewhat NBA level, yeah. right, really. So I'm intrigued to see what they do with their roster because they have to get rid of six guys before the, truth, the start the of the season. The truth is somebody good will have to leave the Thunder and will go play somewhere else and be good. Yep. That's going to happen. I think that's right. Okay. Okay. Uh, Keegan Murray, again, let's just talk about him very briefly. He played yeah. in the Sacramento Summer League. Uh, he had 41 points in a game. He was just absurd. Again, <laughs> like com- completely ridiculous. Somebody that should not be playing any more Summer League at this point. Yeah. Very similar bow to Jalen Williams. Yeah, and it was the self-creation stuff for him that popped. Yeah. Where it was kind of a question whether he was going to be able to be that guy. And you kind of look at Sacramento Summer and think, okay, did they get better? Uh 
no, they probably got the same, which for the Kings is such a win. Yeah. You know, for them to just be stable and to bring back the same guys. But I do think that they could get better just because Keegan Murray is going to be in year two. Yeah. And he's going to be able to – he already contributed at a high level for them for a rookie. Yeah. And then he can come in and just get better. And maybe as Harrison Barnes continues to age, Keegan can kind of take that spot. And I think Harrison is probably a great veteran to to have have alongside him to kind of teach him how to be that scorer. Because people forget about Harrison Barnes and how good of a player he's been because he's been hidden a little bit since he was with the Warriors in Dallas and then in Sacramento. He's a really good player completely that I think can really help Keegan Murray with his development. So I, I don't mind that re-sign. And I, and I think Keegan Murray, along with Jalen Williams, will turn some heads to start the year. I think you're really right. I, I think I just need to apologize to the Sacramento uh, fan base. Keegan has way more upside than what I thought. Yeah. Just truly. Yeah. He's way more upside than what I thought. Yeah. The self-creation things that we've seen now in Summer League – a lot of it looked like pretty translatable just in terms of being able to get to his spots with power and length and athleticism, I think so but too. also with the skill, like the ability to handle the ball. Obviously he can shoot. Yep. Yeah. He's, he's dude. Yeah. This was a, yeah, I, I was a little too low on Keegan. I yeah. think even after this season, I think I was a little too low on Keegan. Yeah. Um, let's move on though. We can't spend too, too much time. I do want to talk a little bit about the Pistons Yeah. because the Pistons have both Jade and Ivy. And uh, Jalen uh, Duran. Yep. Goodness. I think Jalen Duran's actually been really impressive. The fact yeah. that I just like slipped my mind. Um, he's been much more impressive than Jaden Ivey, I think. Yeah, he has. But I do want to talk about Jaden. The thing that has frustrated me has just been the way Jaden has played in like a real way. Yeah. It's a lot of dribbling. Yeah. It's a lot of dribbling for Jaden Ivey right now. And I, I would like to see less dribbling. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit of chaos in the wrong way for him yeah. here where he's turned the ball over a lot and. I don't know if some of that's his his teammates or just like not quite the cohesion that you would want. Yep. But he definitely doesn't stick out as a second year guy to no. me here so far. He looks like somebody that is still going to take some time to yep. figure it out in the NBA. Whereas you hope you want the second year guys to come in like Keegan Murray did and just like drop forty one and be like, hey, yep. see ya. Like I'm, I'll see you in the regular season. Yep. Whereas with, with Ivy. I've kind of left these games thinking I would like to see more. Oh, no, definitely. He needs to keep playing, I think. Yeah, I think, and that's that's a problem for a top-five pick. And and I don't even know if it's, like, a problem. I I wonder how much of this is the Pistons telling him just go. Yeah, maybe so. Like, hey, we we want you to be the guy. We want you to take all of these possessions. Like, they have enough guys on this roster that they shouldn't have to do that. Like, they have... Asar Thompson, they have Marcus Sasser. Mm-hmm. Like, I would like to see him play more off the ball, frankly. Yeah. It's kind of where I'm at. Sure. Yeah, I, and he's going to have to to function within this team. Yep. Because this, this is not his team. This can be Cade Cunningham's team. I totally agree. And like, if, if I was the Pistons, I would want to get him more of those reps off the ball. And that's where, I, that's where I'm, I'm a little befuddled with just the usage of Asar Thompson so far. Yeah, it's been a little bit strange, for sure. I would like to see him on the ball a little bit more. We talked about that on the Athletic NBA show. Go yep. check that out on Tuesday morning. Yep. Um, 
Jalen Duran, I think, has looked awesome. And it's some of the flashes that people have been hoping to see in terms of, like, the on-ball stuff. Like, he's grabbed and gone a couple of times and, like, gone all the way to the rim. Yeah. He's done it a couple of times and had, like, terrible player control, like, charge fouls. Yeah. But just the confidence to be willing to do it, I think, has been really impressive. I think he had, like, 20-8 and eight yesterday in the game that yeah. I watched. 17-8-1. Yeah. But, all, but the thing that was impressive to me is, like, his aggression and just his – him knowing when to take shots and when to go yeah. was pretty impressive. Yep. He had only took eight shots and a lot of it was just getting to the free throw line using his aggression. Yep. And like that's going to keep him on the on the court for the Pistons this year. And just phys- physically like he he has always been impressive physically. He continues to kind of build on that. Yeah. He's he's just a beast. Being as big as he is and moving the way that he does is not normal for yeah. somebody that is his age. Yep. Uh, yeah, he's averaging 20 points, nine rebounds, uh, one assist. Like, the ball movement hasn't really been there. I feel like a lot of it is just him kind of doing his thing. Yeah. But I, I do feel like defensively it's been a bit hit or miss. The ball movement's been a bit hit or miss. I do think – I was talking to Dan Feldman. We were watching the game together. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, Jalen Duran, like, maybe shouldn't keep playing Summer League. Like, he might be too good for this. Yeah. But then I, like, thought back on it, and I was like, no, he kind of needs the defensive reps at this point, I think, yeah. to continue to do that. Yeah, I can see So, that. I think I would keep playing him, but he's been very good so far in Summer League. Yeah, I think I think he's one that you can feel, if you're a Pistons fan, feel pretty good about him. On the other hand, James Wiseman, has, he put up nice stats. <sighs> yeah. But I'm worried. He's. Uh, I'm not sure he's an NBA player. Yeah. Frankly, uh, I thought that defense. It, it's the defense more than anything. Like, and you and you can't stay on the court as a big and not defend. You just can't do it. Being as limited as he is, you can't. Um, it's the defense in space. It's the pick and roll coverages. He still doesn't really have that down yet. Yeah. Uh, Jabari Smith caught him. Like Jabari's just really good at this point. I think, especially for this level. Yep. Um, that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But. You know, yeah, he's averaging 16 and 10, and it just feels like guys finish over him easier than they should yes. at the basket, even at this level, let alone at the huge. NBA. Yes. He's giant, and he can take up so much space, Yeah, but then he just doesn't know what to, to do with that skill or that gift that he's been given. He's the Ricky Bobby, I don't know what to do with my hands <laughs> kind of deal. Uh, yeah, he offensive rebounds the hell out of the ball, like, yeah. <clears throat> runs the court super well. Like, you can see things there but the defense is not there yeah and i'm pretty worried like a fourth year guy playing summer league he needs to like kind of take control of this setting yeah and he has not in any way he's been pretty unimpressive to yeah. me so yeah. far yeah fourth year summer league guys it's a bad sentence to have <laughs> to say it's not great We're talking about players securing the bag when they get drafted in June. I need to tell you about securing your internet connection with NordVPN. What is a VPN? It's a virtual private network. A VPN reroutes your traffic through a remote server, encrypting it in the process. This is going to hide your location from your ISP, hackers, and from other people looking to get your data. Everybody knows that I watch as many movies as I can. I think I've probably watched like 40 or 50 this year already. Some movies are blocked in Australia. It's really hard for me to watch them. Uh, For instance, uh, anybody who's tried to get their hands on Godzilla Minus One, 
recently knows that it's basically only available in Japan and you need a VPN if you want to go to like Amazon Prime or something to be able to watch it. So when I'm blocked from watching a movie in Australia, I just queue up my VPN. I change my location and it unlocks a category of movies from all of my favorite streaming services. As somebody who's always on the go, connecting to public Wi-Fi is a necessity, but it's also just a goldmine for hackers. That's where Nord comes in, creating a secure tunnel for my data to travel through away from prying guys. There are other benefits to Nord as well. Your browsing history is yours and yours alone. Your virtual location is masked from those who seek to track your every move. It's like having a force field around your online identity. Nord VPN also goes the extra mile with threat protection. Malware, trackers, dodgy ads, they're all going to get blocked. It's like having a shot blocking big around your devices 24-7. Game Theory is offering an exclusive deal for NordVPN. You're going to get four extra months and up to 75% off subscriptions. Just head to nordvpn.com slash game theory g-a-m-e-t-h-e-o-r-y to claim your account plus with nord's 30-day money-back guarantee you've got nothing to lose and everything to gain go to nordvpn.com slash game theory to claim your account nordvpn.com slash game theory guys i can't emphasize enough uh, how much i use nord every day of my life uh Nord is a fantastic sponsor for us. So go support Nord. And it's a great product. So nordvpn.com slash game theory. Did you watch the uh, Indiana-Washington game with Ben Matherin? Uh, Ben Matherin looks like Ben Matherin to me. You know, (laughs) like really good player, really good score. He's going to be really gifted. I, I still don't quite know what he's going to be as a player. Is yeah. he going to be like a six-man? Is he going to be so valuable as a scorer that you just have to start him? Yeah. I mean, I'm still kind of somewhere in between there right now, but he looked great. I yeah. Mean, I, I thought he he looked like the Ben Matherin that I thought he would. I honestly was a little surprised he played in summer league. Um, I'm glad he did. I'm glad I got to watch him. Yeah, I thought Ben looked good. Uh, he did exactly what you would expect Ben to do. He had uh, 27 points in that game and, you know, made three out of ten from three and took a lot of pull-up shots and <laughs> was aggressive and attacking. And I'm glad to see it, I guess. Yep. Like, it's funny. Like, I was watching, you know, Andrew Nemhard play, and I-, I thought Nemhard was quite good as well. Yeah. Like, everything that Nemhard did in that game was exactly what you want to see from him. Like Mm -hmm. he dictated the tempo of the game at a super high level. He was picked his spots really well. He was a really sharp passer. He had eight assists in that game. Like I I loved what I saw from him, even though the turnover number was quite high. Yeah. uh, I thought that he was really sharp as well. Um, Yeah. Ben was Ben. And and that's, that's a good sign for Indiana. Like he should play one more game probably and be done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, I think that's what the expectation should be at for Ben Matherin in summer league, and he's yeah he's just going to be a bucket. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, Shaden Sharp had a big first game against, uh, if I remember correctly, the Rockets. Houston, yeah. yeah. Uh, again, looked like the guy that we saw late in the season, where he was able to kind of create everything that you know he wanted on the court. Second game was a little bit more hit or miss. I felt yeah. like for him, I definitely think he should keep playing. He just needs 
as many reps as humanly possible to get into Shade and Sharp at this point, right? Yes. I I worry a little bit about Sharp's decision-making and just shot selection overall so far. But I, you can see the talent that just yeah. really pops and the athleticism that really pops. He can get his shot off against anybody. Is it going to go in? Yeah. Is it going to be the right shot? Is there going to be something better available? I still think he's got to figure those things out. Yeah. But he's super-duper young. Yep. And so I think... It's the handle for me. Okay. Like, he needs the handle right yeah. now. Like, it's... He's good at... He has, like, the trainer moves down. Like, yeah. where he can get to his step back whenever he wants. Yep. But, like, the functional, like, getting all the way to the basket stuff in half-court settings, he doesn't really have that yet. Mm-hmm. And it'll come, I think. Yeah. But it, it's going to take a minute. Yeah. Uh, it, it is going to take a minute, I think. Which is the right position for him to be in. I think he's on the right team. Yep. And... He's going to get all the reps he needs this year. He's going to play with a point guard that is going to really help him. And so I, I, I like Shaden Sharp quite a bit, and I think that he's, he, he's going to have stretches where he's going to struggle. Yeah. But I think there's going to be also stretches where he's like, oh my gosh, Shaden Sharp's averaging 35 points this week. You yeah. Know, that's that's going to be him, and it's going to be about, like you said, the handle and then just the decision making overall. Yeah, like, can he get those things tightened up? If he does, he's gonna be a great player. Totally agree. Uh, Dyson Daniels, I think, has been very good in the ways you would expect Dyson Daniels to be. He's yeah. just so polished and enormous. I mean, he is truly enormous out there on the court for a guard. Yeah. Uh, Seventeen and a half points, ten rebounds, five and a half assists. Not turning the ball over a lot. Uh, absolute havoc inducer defensively yeah. in every way that you can possibly say the words. Again, the shot is not there yet. I would keep playing him just so he can get these live game reps as a shooter. But everything else is exactly what I wanted to see from Dyson Daniels as a player uh, in Summer League. Yeah, I want to see him take on a bigger role with the Pelicans this year. I think he deserves the chance to do that. I know the the Pelicans want to win, but I think the kind of things that he does, he'll he'll learn how to fill in the gaps if he gets the reps with the big guys. And so I, I don't, have, I have no concerns. I think that he's going to be good for them. His size allows them to plug him in at different spots. Yep. Like I think he can be a point guard, but he can also be a wing. He could also be your small ball four if you need him to totally. be, just because he does have the size and the length. And I think that's what they need to start doing. He, he's kind of like jumbo Bruce Brown, yeah, almost, yeah. Uh, except I think he probably has more defensive upside. Yeah. And is just bigger and that functional size matters yep. at a really high level in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And Bruce Brown just got paid $22 million a year. Yep. So, like, I think Dyson Daniels is going to be, like, an incredible player. Yeah. Um, I don't mean that negatively when I say, like, Jumbo Bruce Brown. Like, I think people might take that negatively. but They, sh- they shouldn't. They shouldn't. I think yeah. that's, a, that's actually a great compliment to him. Yeah. Because, I mean, Bruce was such a big part of what Denver did. Totally. The stretch of the playoffs. That if he can become that, because – the thing with the Pelicans, like everything, everything is about Zion. Yep. Every single thing is about Zion. But if you get a healthy Zion, you have Bi. Those guys are going to take a majority of your shots. Yeah. Now it's like, how do you make use of the other spots in the rotation, and how do they provide value that accentuates what those two do? Yep. And Dyson Daniels does the things that will help that: passing, defending, cutting. He can do those things to kind of help those two. The guy that I think has been a little bit, maybe not better than what I expected, but has 
changed some things in my mind is Johnny Davis a little bit. Yeah. I was very worried about him yeah, coming into doubt. Summer League this year. Without a doubt. I think he's done enough to where I go, okay, I now want to see him this year when I know he's going to be healthy yeah. at the end of the day. Uh, last year he dealt with a couple of injuries. I think he was sick at one point. It might have just been a throwaway rookie season. But, you know, in two games so far in Vegas, you know, he's averaging – uh, 15 points per game. He is taking them on 17 shots, which is not ideal. Yeah. But he's shooting 41% from the field, 37.5% from three, four and a half rebounds, three assists, not turning the ball over, defending at a pretty reasonable level. Mm-hmm. It's more of what I think the Wizards hoped for when they drafted Johnny Davis at 10. Yeah. Which at least gives me like a little bit of positive energy toward him, even if the inefficiency is still there. Yeah, and he's he's now on the right kind of team. Yeah, I where agree. he's there's not there was we, there's been weird pressure on the Wizards over the course of the last like three or four years. Yeah, where hey, get to the eight seed, please. <laughs> you know, and with that, they had so the margin for error was so small. Yeah, that you just can't play guys that aren't ready. Yeah, and now they're they actually have a direction. They mm-hmm. stop straddling the line. They're going to be bad. They might be the worst team in the NBA. But you bring in Johnny Davis now and say, okay, Johnny, like we, we have time to develop you. Yep. You can go out there and you can make five mistakes and we're not going to pull you. Yep. But we are going to teach you. And that's what he needed. Yep. Like last year was, was a kind of unfair situation for him and for almost every player on the Wizards. Unless you knew how to play already, you were kind of screwed. Yeah. And that, that will not be the case. So a lot of people have completely jumped ship on Johnny Davis, and I get it. But let's give him another year and see yeah. what he looks like at the end of the year because we were talking about this. Jordan Poole looked hopeless in year one. Totally. He looked yep. like one of – he was maybe the 399th best player in the league. I think that's generous. And <laughs> But what he got was a gift with that tank year yep. where everybody was injured. He got a chance to play. And he figured out, okay, what is my game? I'm going to figure it out through 82 games, who I am as yep. a player. Yep. And Johnny Davis is going to get the same opportunity to figure out who he is. And maybe he's still not an NBA player. That could still be the case. Totally. That's on the table still. But he's going to get the chance to figure it out, which I think is, all, which is what he needed and what a lot of these guys need. I mean, we're, we sit down and watch these guys. An opportunity for a vast majority of them can determine all of their careers. Yep. There is like your top like five percenters that are just going to be good no matter where they go or what they do. Some guys are going to have like some success anyways just because they're talented, and then you have everybody else. Yep. And yep. it's like it just depends. Like we talk about Bruce Brown. Like Bruce Brown, if he was on the wrong team for four years, could be completely out of the NBA. It'd be tougher. It'd be but, much tougher for but him. But he found like the exact right positions. I think he found a really good team for himself this next year too. Yep. But if you put him on weird teams that he just can't function within or they don't know how to use him, like, wait, you're a, like, you're a point guard, but, like, really, what are you? And, like, how do we put you out there? I mean, Well, honestly, like, it was kind of like that in Miami. He was a five-star prospect coming into college. Yeah. And Miami played him as, like, a traditional guard yeah. more than anything else. And it wasn't the ideal spot for him. Yep. Uh, we talked about that on the uh, Athletic NBA show. It's coming Tuesday. Like, we're so excited to see him and Jarris Walker just oh, be the yeah. short-roll guy for Tyrese for oh, – yeah. 48 minutes a night, 82 games a year. 
I think it's going to be really impressive. The guy that I realized we didn't talk about in the Oklahoma City section that we hit earlier yeah. is Usman Jang. Yeah. I actually really liked him in the first game. He had a couple of just like ridiculous step back threes. Yeah. Uh, and it's the consistency at the end of the day for him. Like he needs yeah. to bring it night after night after night. Yeah, it's flashes for Jang still. Yeah. And he's young, and it's going to take some more time with him. Yep. Defensively, he's pretty engaged. Yep. Offensively, there are either there's possessions where you don't realize he's on the court. Yeah. And he just kind of fades to the background a little bit. He's not engaged in every action. He's not always cutting. You can catch him standing around. But then, like, he had a step back three that he took that just was cash. Yeah. And he can play in transition. That's something that he did do really well in his rookie season is play in transition and just finish with dunks. Like, he can do that. And he's massive. I mean, he's 6'11". He's He's got crazy long arms. He can handle. He does actually use his flexibility a little bit better than guys like Chet, who's Chet's a little bit bigger, but not by much, but he knows how to handle a little bit better. Like he yeah. does get down a little bit more than those guys do. and doesn't really get the ball stolen from him, Yeah, but it's still going to take some time for Us. And if he can get those reps, just like we were talking about, like, I don't, the, the reps are going to start going away for these young developing Thunder players. And I, I feel like this year is going to be so important to Us and his overall career with the Thunder and if he can continue to kind of grow with them. Because once you become a good team, we saw this with a guy, a guy like Jonathan Kaminga. Hey, if you're not good, sorry, man. Like, you can't play yeah. consistently. Yeah. And I think the same could be true for Us as they develop and become a good team. And if the Thunder reach 50 wins in the next couple of years and Jang still isn't there, then I think the concerns will remain. But he's shown the right kinds of flashes in summer league so far. He's gotten a little bit better every game that he's played throughout. He played, it was a concerning first game in Salt Lake. Yep. And then he bounced back and he's gotten a little bit better every game and is finding ways to contribute with this team. And so I, th- I think that there should be reasonable hope Usman Jang with the Thunder. I think so too. Like we we talked a minute ago about like the roster crunch that Oklahoma City has. Like he's yeah. he's not in mix at all to be cut. Like Absolutely I don't even think not. Remotely close. Absolutely like he's really not. interesting. Still, I would yes. never even consider that. Yes. Um, the last guy that won the lottery in 2022 that we haven't talked about is Oshai Baji. Yeah. And it's been a lot of what Oshai does well. I think it hasn't been a lot of like growth beyond that like you know that he's a great athlete you know he's gonna get up three-point shots at volume like consistently he's made 38 and a half percent of his 10 three-pointers attempts per game so far in the four summer league games that he has played rebounding the ball well i don't feel comfortable when he's dribbling the ball yeah uh he's just limited and that might be who he is. Like, we're coming up on Oshai. Like, he'll be 24 this coming NBA season. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's 23 currently. Um, It could be who he is, and that's okay. And he can be, like, a really valuable rotation player. I think doing yeah. that, as long as the shooting holds up, I would like to see him take a little bit more uh, of a leap processing-wise. He also had the, uh, had the honor of hitting the 10-foul mark in a game. In Salt Lake City, which uh, always, always a glorious moment. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, he's a complimentary piece and yeah. could be a very valuable one for Utah. And, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at with him, too. Like, if he's your seventh guy on a pretty good team, like, if you get him, get that guy that was, I mean, he's picked 14th. Like, that's, 
that's fine. That's reasonable. Not all those guys are going to pop, especially when you draft him and he's 22 years old. Yeah. The expectation for most of those guys is that they're going to come in and contribute right away. He did that a little bit for Utah. And like, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the the reasonable expectation for him. Yeah, and A.J. Griffin is the next guy I want to talk about here. Mark Williams yeah. isn't playing at Summer League. Yep. Uh, A.J.'s just been kind of there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, has not really taken the leap that I guess I would hope as a ball handler and like shot creator in yeah. settings like this where I think he should be able to do that. Yep. Uh, only averaging nine points, and that's not ideal. Yeah. Uh, I think for somebody like this that should be able to come in and be just more aggressive and impactful. Um, yeah, I mean, like this this Hawks summer league team is very weird. Like Brady Manick is leading them in scoring right now after yeah. two games, and yeah. Brady, I mean, my God, that first game Brady got like smoldering hot from three. It was amazing. Uh, like when he gets rolling like that, it's something to behold. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, like I haven't been super impressed with Mo Gay. I have not. Yeah, we talked a little bit about Kobe Bufkin. I really liked his second game mm-hmm. quite a bit. Uh, this is just a strange summer league roster across the board. Yeah, with AJ, you just. It's about volume with him. Yeah. And he just didn't really even take that many shots. He didn't really even play that many minutes. Um, some of that could just be that they're trying to figure out what they have in some of these guys, like Seth Lundy is on their team, and yeah. they gave him some minutes. And for whatever reason, they're playing Veet Krejci 23 minutes in a summer league game. Um, but for me, I want to see, can we get A.J. 10 or 12 threes in a game? <laughs> like, can we find a way to get him there? Because that, that's yeah. where his value is going to be. It's just as, like, this, like, deep-range bomber for them. And he did have, like, the the potential to be a guy that can create a little bit for himself. He did that a little bit in high school. Yep. And I am with you that that just wasn't there for him. And he's not able to get to that level yet. And he's still young. I mean, he was one of the younger guys in his class yes. last year. And so it's not like there's worry or concern there for him. Um, but he still is just going to take some time to develop. And and hopefully he can just be a guy that spaces the floor for them and then can learn to attack a closeout a little bit better as he goes along. Um, but, yeah, not, not super impressed with AJ so far. Two more specific guys that I want to talk about, and then we'll kind of zoom, zoom around a little bit yeah. in the 2022 draft. Uh I really have liked what I've seen from Peyton Watson Yeah, for the Nuggets. Uh, the shooting is still not there, and that's ultimately going to be kind of his swing skill. But I kind of think Peyton Watson is going to actually be the guy that steps. Like, I think Christian Brown will move into the Bruce Brown role. Yeah. And then I think that Peyton Watson is going to be the guy that moves into, like, Christian's role yeah. last year. And he's been good in summer league. Like, he's averaging 19. He's rebounding well. He's doing all of the, like, crash bang stuff that you – wanted yep. Christian Brown to do last year and was very effective at. Uh, I think that Peyton Watson's going to do that kind of from day one with the Nuggets this year. Yeah, I mean, you get him at 30 last year. He's this big wing, pretty pretty young freshman that yeah. kind of came in. At, I mean, he wasn't crazy productive at UCLA. It was just kind of a swing. No, yeah, like he did not play a lot at UCLA. Yeah. But, like, he was a late riser in the recruiting class, kind of a late bloomer physically as well. Like, yeah. you know, not the youngest guy in that class, but mm-hmm. probably one of the youngest guys just in terms of knowing how to play his own game still at this yeah, point yeah, because of sense. his frame. Yeah. yeah. So I really liked, really, really liked what I saw from him. Yeah, big wing. I mean, and everybody needs big wings. Yep. 
And it's especially when you're losing Bruce Brown. And if you can fill in the gaps with guys that are in the pipeline already, especially with this new CBA that can fill in and they're cheap first round picks, I mean, that's ideal. Yep. And so you should be, you should be encouraged. Yeah. You know, seeing what he's done. And they've got other rookies, and we talked about them on the Athletic NBA show. They're going to have options there yeah. with young guys to play. And I'm sure they will cycle through, but I kind of agree with you that Peyton would be the guy that I would put in that slot. To start the year, at least, yeah. I think. And I think he'll run with it. I yeah. do. The other guy I want to talk about is actually a guy that went undrafted in 2022. Okay. Uh, Don Barlow. Okay. Yeah. He has looked he looks straight up like an NBA player. He's yeah. not currently signed right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Spurs, I believe, have him on a two-way uh, restricted free agency qualifying offer. Gotcha. Yeah. If I was another team, I would make the Spurs match Yeah, on him right now. Yeah, he has been one of the guys that's popped Yep, for them. Champagne's been, been really good for them. Yep. But, yeah, Barlow has looked like a guy. Yeah, and certainly someone that can play on this iteration of the Spurs. And I actually think he's just—he straight up looks better right now than both of their first-round picks last year uh, in the backcourt in Malachi Branham and Blake Wesley. Uh, yes, but both of whom have not impressed me in any way, shape, or form. No, and some of that's like not understanding the moment, not understanding what should be happening in the game. When I've watched them, which is concerning for a guard in particular, I think you can get away with that (laughs) as as a big more than you can as a guard, especially when Victor Wimbanyama's on your team. And it's like, hey, this dude is hot and he's playing well. And then you just see some wild shots from actually both of those guys where you sit there scratching your head like, "Why, why, why is this happening? But yeah, like Barlow, though, seems to fit in well. Yep. They they should at least put him put him on the two way or bring him in and just I, let him I play. I think you have to sign him. Like yeah. I think you just straight up have to sign him to yeah. a real deal. Um it's worth noting with Malachi Branham particularly, he had an enormous game in Sacramento. Um he had like thirty two points and, yeah. and looked really good. But in Vegas so far he's averaging three and a half he's uh I think three and a half for sixteen and a half, uh, in terms of his uh, shooting percentages yeah. right now. He's shooting 21.2% from yeah. the field. And it's the decision-making. Like, it's just not not there. Yeah, and his, and his game is going to be predicated on just, like, can he get buckets? Yep. And when he's not, it looks really bad. And when he does, he looks like a guy that could come off your bench and, you know, help you in 18 minutes yep. to just uh, help your starters a little bit as they get a blow. Actually, the last guy I want to talk about in terms of, like, specifics is Max Christie. Yeah. I think Max Christie is a rotation player for the uh, Lakers next year. Tell me why I'm wrong. Um, is there space for him? It's a good question. That would be that would be the the thing that would hold him back. But I agree, he has looked better, and he looks like a guy that knows how to play basketball, which yep. is few and far between with some of these guys out here on the court. And yep. he definitely has popped the the lakers haven't had a ton of opportunities to to draft guys um but he's one that they targeted and he's done really well yeah no i i totally agree uh 19 points uh shooting 49 60 96 so far in four summer league games might be unsustainable (laughs) maybe uh yeah my my question with him is just this team has to win. 
Yeah. They just have to. They do. And do they have time for him to kind of learn how to play the game a little bit better with LeBron? And it it really will all come down to, like, how much will LeBron invest in Max Christie? It's a good question. It's, but he's a shooter, and LeBron tends to like playing with shooters. Like and We've seen it with Austin Reeves, who has become a great player. Yep. And has really – a lot of that is Austin Reeves. I don't want to, like, totally. give all the credit to LeBron. Like, Austin has become a guy that can be on ball. He knows how to play, and he knows how to play with LeBron. Yep. And can Max shine in that similar kind of way? Because I, I think LeBron would legitimately love to have a couple young guys that they can run with that are going to bring energy and effectiveness at the at those positions in particular. Is they, they need those. But they did bring in Torian Prince, who's going to take a lot of those minutes. Um, so, yeah, if they didn't bring in Torian, I would say yes. But I'm a little bit murky in, in that he may play more G League than than in the NBA this year. Two more teams before we go. Uh, I love this Memphis Grizzlies team so much. Like, truly. They're so physical. They, They're so fun. Like, you have the, like, twin trucks of David Roddy and uh, Kenneth Lofton Jr. Yeah, Kenny Lofton, man. You have Vince Williams, who's playing really well in yeah. so far. Yeah. You have Jake LaRavia, who has been up and down. Like, the shot hasn't always been there, but I think he knows how to play, which he's, is valuable. Yeah, yeah. He's had his moments. But more than that, they have Frankie Ferrari... <laughs> And Jacob Gilliard running the show. <laughs> and I mean this truthfully. Having adults who know how to run a show is so vitally important for yeah. getting your guys in the right spots and getting them the ball in positions to where they can succeed. Because the other team I want to talk about in regard to this is the Charlotte Hornets. Oh, boy. And they are unwatchable because unwatchable. they don't have somebody like this. Yeah. Like, if I could make any summer league trade right now, I would trade – Frankie Ferrari to the Charlotte Hornets and just play him 30 minutes Yeah, and just let him get the ball to Nick Smith off the ball, certainly to Brandon Miller off the ball. Yeah. You know, James Booknight's going to do his own thing, and that's an issue in and of itself. Yeah. But, like, just having somebody out there that's an adult I think would be so, 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 so helpful for the Hornets, and I think that that is the – it's like the smallest – smallest fucking thing in the world yeah that you're gonna find is who your summer league point guard is but it's like a microcosm of the difference between the memphis grizzlies and the charlotte hornets right now oh my gosh it it just even in terms of like running their own basketball operations department as a whole the hornets did the impossible and that they made a victor Wimbanyama game boring yes they did it was all their fault I blame every single bit on them. I don't blame Vic. Vic was falling asleep because he saw who was on the other side. He's like, I, I cannot watch James Booknight dribble the ball one more oh time. Oh, my God. If I watch him dribble the I'm, ball, I'm out. Like, I'm done. Like, Vic's just going to retire if he has to play that Charlotte Hornets team one more time. Yeah, that's, it's miserable. It's awful. It's terrible. All the, all, the, all the bad things are the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, they are... I can't watch them anymore. I'm sorry. I can't really do it. There's just not really a point, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to learn anything new. We're not going to learn anything important at this point. Uh, no. The Charlotte Hornets are... Oh, we've learned all we need to learn. Yeah. I it's think over. I think we've learned what we've needed it's to over. learn. It's over. Yeah. Uh, last quick shout-out. Shout-out to Luke Travers. Uh, Luke Travers oh. has been super fun. Legend. 
Uh, currently signed with Melbourne United. He left Perth to sign with Melbourne United over in the NBL. And, man, Luke has been really fun and impactful yeah. in the minutes he's played in Cleveland. Uh, he had a really, really good game, I believe, in the second game that they played. And I really liked what he showed both just, just in terms of playing off the ball and knowing how to play. Yeah, some really legend. I, yeah. I don't think there's space for him in the NBA or at least with his current team no, right Not now. this year. Yeah. But um, – He's at least super duper fun, and I'm just in- just to have one of those guys just in the pipeline, it's great. I'm intrigued long term, okay. like a, a little bit, okay. Because they need guys who just kind of like crash and bang and just do a bunch of shit on the court, yeah. And he does that, yeah. He's only 21 still, like he turns 22 in September, yeah. He's gonna go to a really good organization in Melbourne United. Maybe maybe I go profile Luke Travers when I get back to Melbourne. Oh, you should. Maybe that's it. And I assume he's just a fun guy, just by just by looking at him. I don't know anything about him personally. Yeah, but he I, I get the impression he's a pretty fun guy. Should do that. Yeah, that'll, that'll be, be all, fun. Be all aboard for that. Okay, do you have anything else you want to hit on before we go? Uh, no, this class is really good. Yes, the sophomore class is really really good, and I I think there should be high expectations for a lot of these guys heading into next year. Where, you know, we're seeing a lot of the face of the NBA is aging yeah and there's going to be new guys that are going to take over and i think there's a a couple guys in this class that are going to have a chance to do that yep no i agree with you i think that's a good place to end it on for andrew schlecht over there i am sam vicini this has been the game theory podcast please remember rate review subscribe to everything everything you can to support the show we will be back i don't know Tuesday, Wednesday, who knows? <laughs> this podcast feed is so irregular, yeah. but it happens three times a week. We know that you're going to get three this week. I'll talk to Spins. I'll talk to Mark. Schindler gets into the building at some point. Uh, I think today, actually. Oh, man, I'm going to miss Mark. Yeah, so Mark sad. Mark gets into the building today. I will probably make somebody come and podcast with me at some point, whether it will be on this set or somewhere else. We will find out. But until next time, we will talk soon. Thank you.